Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back, dear listener, and this is going to be a very special episode of For the Love of Sport podcast because it is a feature of one of the amazing interviews that we had at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Let's bring out our guest. All right, welcome everyone. We've got Joe Cummings. He's the former CEO of United Soccer Coaches, uh, so this convention is no new experience for him. He's been here for quite a while previously held a number of executive positions at really all the levels of soccer, whether that be youth, high school, college, pro. He comes to us with a wealth of knowledge and experiences that we are excited to hear from him today. So Joe, with that, uh, welcome to the For the Love of Sport podcast. Thanks for being here. Excited to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Yeah, let's, I think we got to dive right into it. Oh, absolutely. You have a quite the extensive resume of, you know, uh, of being a coach and being involved in soccer. I'm curious, you know, being a youth sport podcast, we'd like to start off with just like the experience that sort of connects everybody about playing when you're a kid. So can you tell me just about that, about what that was like when you were a kid, like what sports you played, or was it really just love at first sight with soccer? And this is all I'm playing. Well, first of all, thank you for that question, because I do think <laughs> that's important to paint the picture well, yeah. of how does someone or how did this person in the case of me, how did it happen? It was uh, fifth grade, 1959. So for those of you listening right now, you're doing the math <laughs> and you're saying, oh, oh, my God, this there's an old guy on this podcast right now, like really old guy. You know, it, it was way before youth soccer. And but they had after school programs. And historically, those after school programs would have been flag football in the fall. It would have been basketball in the winter and it would have been baseball in the spring. And this was in Massachusetts, by the way. I only say that. But in a few more seconds, everyone will recognize the accent, despite my best efforts <laughs> to cover it and sound less park my car than I really do. <laughs> so the teacher at that point, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Mulrain, Arthur Mulrain, decided that the fall program was going to be soccer. And it was a big kickball game to all of us. That's what it was. I can't even imagine what the ball was. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if I could look back and somebody said, oh, it was a basketball. Like I would have said, <laughs> okay, it was round. It was inflated. There were no cleats. We weren't wearing cleats. Sure. I mean, I just fell in love. Absolutely fell in love with it. And the reason is because of the combination of the individuality that one could display within the team concept. 
right. you know, track athletes and individual. It's very hard if you play American football to actually show that individuality unless you play one of those positions. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That was it. Fell in love with the game, 10 years old, knew it would be with me for the rest of my life, having no idea <laughs> how that was going to yeah. present yeah. at all. But that was it. That was the beginning. That's so cool to to hear that. And it's like, you're right to say like, it's an important question to kind of understand like where your experience started to, to lead you to where you are. And it's a take on soccer that I, you know, you think about when you're playing it of like how much you can, like you choose your own adventure, you do it your yeah. own thing. It's up to you and your own devices, even as a coach. And we could talk about this a little bit. Like once the game starts, like you're not doing a whole lot, like oh. maybe at halftime, you're providing a little guidance, but it's really everything that led the player up to where they are trusting them out on the pitch to do you know, their thing mixed with the things that you taught them. And it's such a beautiful sport in that way that not a lot of other sports have that uh, ability and flexibility. Yeah, to just, just, you're yeah. out there. You watch college basketball and the guy's telling them what to do yeah. every single Breathe time. Now, yep. step yeah. Yeah. Here. Yep. And I yeah. used to joke when I was coaching either at the high school or the college level, how wonderful it was to not say anything because see when now that as people get more intelligent and they realize that coach is really being analytical and he's watching the game and he's concentrating and he's not flailing his arms and things like that little did they know i had no idea what was going on in the field but if i looked really attentive people would think i was a top level coach that guy you know, you'd bring your hand up to your chin and you'd pose like you said oh yeah i know this is a four four in the back flat we can expose the flanks maybe Maybe we can. No, no, I just kind of went, what is going on? Let me see if I can figure this out. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So, yeah. yeah, that was a good part of it. But it's true. It just happens on the field and the players enjoy the moments that they're in without being inundated with information. Now, of course, we know it's changed. It's analytical. It's tactical. There's much more to do now and much yeah. more to take in. But then as a kid and as it is still right now as a kid, but it was just Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoons from 2.30 to 3.30. The school and the field where we played still exists. I thought the field was like 400 yards by 75 yards wide or something. It's a small little patch of green grass. And that's where we played. But I was hooked. I was hooked. It has that, well, it has a tendency. And I, I remember, I, I love American football. I love soccer. I played soccer all the way, you know, through when I got to play freshman year of, of college uh, before stopping. And that was just, that's its own story. We don't need that down there, but I lifelong fan of the game. And I remember talking to my brother, Ben, because he doesn't understand why I like American football. And I said, well, here's the difference. The difference is that American football is chess, but you discuss the plan, the play, and everyone moves with precision for like five seconds. And then you reset all the pieces and you smash them again. Soccer is much different where it is just fluid, free-form chess, and you have trust that your players are going to know what to do because you've drilled it in from the start. And I wonder if you can talk to me about like just the trust, the trust aspect as a coach. Like how do you instill that in your players and how do you like really have the, have the ability to let go. Cause you do as a coach of, of a soccer team, I would, I would imagine. Like, can you talk to me just a little bit about that? Yeah. I think the guided, the guided aspect of playing the game is really exciting too, yeah. because there are coaches that do design it so that, and, and this is not fictitious. I mean, I remember hearing about a college coach that said, when you receive the ball at midfield, there are possible X number of choices. 17 choices that you can that you can employ at that time as you receive the ball. 
Well, did those choices include that it's raining out or that it's windy out <laughs> or the pitch is grass or mud or whatever versus when you receive the ball, what's in your mind's eye as you receive the ball and as you look down the field, what do you see? What's the snapshot that you take that tells you player on my right, player on my left, nobody in the middle, could send a long ball, player running. Yeah. That to me is what really makes it so enjoyable because players may say, I don't know, coach. I really, I, I don't know. I'm not certain what my choices are here. Okay, let's stop for a minute. What do you say? What do you see? Oh, I see Marie. Great. Do you think you could get her the ball? I don't know. It's 40 yards. It's 30 yards. It's 20 yards. Is that on the ground? Is that in the air? All of that you mm -hmm. can give to them, not as the only answers, but to give them the opportunity to make a decision by guiding them through what the possibilities are. That guided aspect is to me what makes it like American football right. with the right. following qualifier. It's in the moment that yes. you're making that, you are making that decision. And we watch American football right now and we see the quarterback mm -hmm. put his hands over the helmet uh -huh. like this yeah. as oh, he's yeah. pushing the headphones in yeah. so that he can hear yeah. what's being called. And you look over and you see the coach hold. That's wonderful. All of that. And this is not a criticism oh, yeah, of yeah, American yeah. football. I of love course. American football. Yeah. But that's where the difference is. In the moment, information being provided by someone else, in the moment, you're taking information and making a decision at that yeah. moment. Which I think is what makes two points. Like, I think that's what makes it so valuable to have like coaches in soccer who really understand that. And like, we are supporting them to say like, you're going to leave them on their own. So the work that you're doing in practice is so important because that's when you're, you know, relaying the messages or, you know, providing the guidance and then you're going to let them go on their own. I also think it's another, we've said this in a few other ones now, so I'm going to say it again, say it but again. like soccer is such like a microcosm for life. Like you were talking about like, um, making a decision based on what you see around you and it needs to be your own and it needs to be in the moment. It's like, when you think about life, that's what you're going to be faced with. Like soccer can help you become a better person in your life because of all these moments where you're on your own. You have to take what you learned, take what's happening around you and make the right decision. Will it be right? Will it be wrong? Who knows? But the other thing I love about soccer is I messed up a lot, but soccer gives you the opportunity to immediately make it up. You yes. lost the ball, go get it back. You made a bad decision, yeah. go get it back. I think that's a fantastic way to put it in yeah. comparing it to the life situations yeah. because we all know at levels of success, it's those failures. It's those yeah. failures. You know, those are the moments in which you say, well, that didn't go well, you know, yeah. Yeah. and we've all done them for many other things. You know, you're, yeah. you're heading someplace and you drive the wrong way. <laughs> Failure. Next time, I'm not going down yeah. that exit. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with yeah. playing playing soccer. It's exactly the same thing. And that's why the distinction is made between training and practice, what you do with the ball to become, to be able to shoot past dribble head and receive better. Okay. Training is taking the information that you have and developing that skill, now putting it into the game. And you train yourself to do the technical aspects under the information that's presented to you tactically. There's no I don't know. I don't know that there's another sport. I guess Maybe tennis might have a little bit sure, of that, sure. but the coach is still, you know, there's things now that pulls on the ear and says you should be serving. I would serving. say, too, in, yeah. in tennis, it's so, and not a rip on tennis whatsoever. Tennis is a yeah. great sport, yeah. but it's very, Watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like you're hitting the ball over the net. Not a lot about the environment changes. That's true. Yeah. Like That's you might true. play in different so, courts, but once you're on that court, you're on that court. Is there another one? I yeah. don't, yeah. for me, there yeah. isn't. Yeah. For yeah. me, yeah. there isn't. It's the one. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can talk to me about the player, the coach, and then the parent relationship and how to 
properly manage it, properly manage expectations. So you're not getting multiple voices out there on the field, you know, shouting at players and giving directions when you've, you have the trust in your players to like, they know what to do. They know what they're going to do. Please don't bark, ex, you know, more orders at them or shoot, direct at the ref. At the, at the ref. But I wonder if you could talk to me about managing the, the player, the parent and the coach relationship. One of the stories that I that I relayed to you both as we were talking about this today was the story of coaching an under 14 girls team a number of years ago and having the pre-season meeting yeah. and yeah. saying to all the parents in the room, every child was represented by a parent or two. So all of the girls in the room, under 14 girls, and there were 20 of them. And I asked the following question of the parents. I said, how many of you would love to have a conversation with me after each match? Every hand. Yeah. 20 times 14, I said, is 280 conversations. That's a lot of conversations I have. Yeah. Pause for effect. I said, (laughs) I am happy to have those conversations with you at any point. Now you can see the faces have lit up, you know, oh my God, I'm like going to be, they're rubbing their hands. You know I mean? We're doing a video call. I'm rubbing my hands, listener. I'm rubbing, and they're saying, I'm going to get to talk to Joe after every game to find out how my daughter's done. And they all think that's going to happen. So I've laid, set it up for them. And I say, happy to do it when you've had an equal number of conversations with your daughters, social studies teacher, English teacher physical education teacher, science teacher, and I name all of their ac- academic subjects. Now the grumble, now there's, oh, they know they've been set up. Uh, yeah, they know that they have been set up. And I said, how many of you can tell me the names, the names, not the curriculum, the names of all of your daughter's teachers right now? Didn't know the history teacher. They'd been in school three weeks. They may know that they were studying X, Y, and C. Sure. But I said, see, I'm going to, I'm going to change the importance of these conversations to maybe a different focus. Yes, we can have the conversations, but I'm going to make sure that the reasons why we're having those conversations, you have to explain to me first. So I would always say to the parents, and everyone wants to give this answer by saying, well, communication is the most important thing. I understood that sentence, but my caveat in that is what type of conversations are we talking about? What is it you specifically want to to talk about? And the first thing I wrote is, what is it you hope to accomplish through the conversation? Okay, Mm -hmm. now, what are the answers that the parent's going to give? Well, my guess is the most used one is, well, I'd like to know, are we going to win a lot of games? Okay. Is, is, is she going to play a lot? Oh, there it is. There's the real question. There yeah. it is. Is she going to play a lot? Asked by a parent when I was coaching, will my daughter be able to get a division one scholarship? Yeah. No. <laughs> then why is she playing for you, Joe? My answer because it will be a positive experience. It will be better because of it. Yeah. All right. So in other words, what you want to do with the parent is to make sure that the question that they're asking, that you understand. So I would not answer that question until they were able to explain to me multiple times, multiple times I would quiz. Why are we having this conversation? Happy to talk to you. Why are we having this yeah. conversation? Sure. But the controlling part of the answer was, I need to have it with her first. So some ages, that's not possible. Yeah. Right? Sixes, eights, yeah. tens, who knows when they're ability, when they reach a level of being able to talk to you. But yeah. it had to be the parent 
after the conversation with the player. Yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't have it. Yeah. I was actually just going to ask that question because uh, I used to coach like U10, U12 uh, girls as well. And it was important for me that my mid-year conversations that we would have was always with the kid first. I always wanted to make sure the conversation with the kid happened first. And then we always brought in the parent because of course, like, of course we want to set expectations and we want to keep you in the loop. Like we know parents are always acting for the most part, 95% of the time out of the best interest of their kids. Like they want to do well for their kids, whether that comes out in the right way or not is, you know, up to to whoever's, you know, having that conversation, but it is important to, to set those expectations. And obviously of course, in youth soccer right now, it's kind of a, a hot button topic, but I often think if you were just to ask the athlete, like, hey, is it a lot right now for you to be getting the opinions of your parents and then me and probably your friends? And like, how are you, you know, asking them, how are you handling all of this? And then having a conversation with the parents saying, this is not helpful. They're hearing five different things. It's a 12 year old kid. Like they're just trying to have fun. And so I don't know if there's a question in all of that, but I'm just kind of like, I'm just (laughs) because I'm I'm going to, I do. I'm going to ask you one. Yeah. Do you think that it's a true statement? for me to say in having those conversations and parents wanting to have those conversations that there are more ways that it could go bad should that be an adverb badly there are more ways that could go bad than there are ways that it could go well or go good by having that initial conversation by having the conversation by the parent asking the question by wanting to ask the question for having reasons to ask the question that maybe do not support you yeah for a parent a player for you as head coach i think they can be very i think they can be very very productive yeah i think there can be a danger in them also yeah so how would you we like to leave people with tangible things to take so how how would you what would be your advice for maybe it's a newer coach or even an organization to set like a standard or expectation? Like the coach is going to have this meeting before the season and they're going to lay out the laws. They're going to lay out the you know rules. Is there any like advice or guidance you would like give to somebody who's maybe struggling with that right now? I think one of the first things is that unfortunately over the years, I think coaches have now been conditioned to worry when the proverbial question of them is asked, you know, do you have some time? I'd like to talk to you about Marjorie. I'd like to talk <laughs> to you about Valerie. You would hope that the yeah. coach would say, oh, fantastic. This is great. We're going to have a very positive conversation. But I'm afraid that coaches now might go, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. So if the parent establishes early on why they want to have that conversation and the parent has been truthful about why they want to have that conversation and has stripped away those things like I began with. You know, are we going to win a lot of games? Is she going to play a lot? Will she be the star on the team? Is she going to start games? Do you think you can play her at midfield, even though you might be thinking about playing her in the back? You know, I mean, all of those, if you strip away all those things as a parent and the reasons for why you wish to talk to that coach is to support that coach in what he or she is trying to do to have a positive experience for their daughter or son. Yeah. Once they've done that, that will make the conversation more purposeful for both player for three player, parent and coach. But if the parent enters into it, you're just fueling the way that the coaches probably feel it could go and it may go may not go well. 
I hate to be so brutally frank about <laughs> it, do. but I mean, now I just, I just feel it's up to the parent to make sure that the reasons why they want to have that conversation with the coach uh, for reasons to support the coach in a positive experience for their child, as you would want the teacher, yeah, as you would want the teacher sure. to be. It should be no, it's no difference, right? You know, we're teachers in short pants. That's all we are. You know, I mean, that's what coaches are. Teachers in well, short pants. We got to show up the nice caps. There's one thing soccer provides. That's true. It's to give you powerful somewhat caps. nice caps. It's, powerful it's, powerful caps. It's gear. You we gotta, like gear. Yeah. We like to get gear. We like <laughs> yeah. to get apparel. We like to wear it. We like to show. But that's it. If they would just view us, I, if parents would view us as what can I do to have the moments that they're in the classroom or on the field be positive for her or right. him. Yeah. That's where we, that was where the magic is, right? That's exactly it. Now, I don't know if I answered, how do we get to that point? But I would say by making sure the parents appreciate that the question they're about to ask is one they have given thought yep. to. Yep. Yes. Not out of emotion or not out of frustration or not out of anything else. I think that might, it, it's always a helpful reminder. And I think for, for, for parents, it's just something where you're wrapped up in all this love for your kid and you want to be successful. And, and but I think going through that mindset and going through that quick question of just like, is this going to make for a positive conversation? And is this really going to assist my kid instead of just being like, play Johnny at forward now? Like, that's really the, the end goal here. And so the listener wonders, I had two professional teams, New England Revolution and Boston Breakers. In each of those situations, I, at the professional level, even had that line of questioning it's so just do not think that this is just an under 10 12 14 16 at the professional level that's bananas to me they're already at the highest level <laughs> there's always more some people will reach the conclusion that for their child that there is always more always more and at, for me it's to know to meet a girl who maybe played at the age of 12 or 14 now is a woman and has a child playing and saying Joe, I still love the sport because of the experience I had playing for you and with those teammates of mine. That to me is the is the prize in the package. Well, okay. So we've talked about the parent, the athlete, the coach relationship. I think I'd like to shift a little bit towards just the the overall game of soccer again, just as we as we started, mainly because we have the World Cup coming up here. And again, tangible things that people can bring back to organizations. How can we ensure that if I I'm running an organization? How can I help create that lifelong fan of soccer so that it helps propel us into the World Cup where it's just met with fans and players who are equally as excited? What sort of things can we inject into programming, into practice, into everything just to to help prepare teams for it? As an, or, as an organization. Yeah. As an organization. Uh, to have it in one's country, and we've been very, very fortunate when you mm -hmm. think about the United States, very fortunate in yes. the numbers of times. For people to understand Everyone will be excited by the fact that they're going to be able to see international teams come to the United States. Everyone will understand it. Yeah. But what we're doing is we're inviting guests to our country to mm -hmm. experience the United States and for them to show us their cultures. In 2003, the United States held the Women's World Cup following 1999. We had it here in 1999. It was supposed to be in China in 2003. And we were unable to host it, host it because of the SARS epidemic. Right. So the FIFA said to the United States, you're the country that can pull it together. So in 2003, we pulled it together. And my responsibilities at that point were at two stadiums at Foxborough and Gillette, now called Gillette, and then also in Philadelphia, here at Lincoln Field. 
Each day we would greet a team coming into the city and teams traveled in what would be their dress of the country. Yeah. Yeah. There is nothing more enjoyable and embracing than to be standing at a gate, knowing that the Nigerian women's team is coming in and to know they're going to be playing in the world cup. Now it's just, it's football, it's soccer. They're yeah. playing a game yeah. in three days, Yeah. but they get off the plane and you look at this team of 20 women dressed and you're just saying, this may be the most wonderful cultural experience yeah. I've ever had, I've ever had in my life. Game. Saying to people that the world cup's coming to the United States and we're welcoming countries to our shores. And now for the men, I mean, it's going to be 48. So we've got the three, Canada and the yeah, United yeah. States. So it's 45 coming to our country and they will be arriving dressed, Girls, many of yeah. them. And now you add the layer of the fans. Where else can you have a feeling of understanding a people and a culture and an appreciation for what it is they're delivering than at the World Cup? Nowhere else, nowhere else can you get that. It's one of the rare experiences of international cooperation. Like, and it's really, most most examples of international cooperation weirdly are around sport, like the World Cup. And because when you think about all these different cultures, all these different languages, all these different people and expectations, and then everyone comes together because, well, we we want to see who's the best that's soccer it. team. That's it's it. such an amazing and humbling thing to kind of remember. And I think that's a great thing to, to try to, you know, instill in your players and your parents and your coaches as we approach World Cup, we're going to be welcoming everyone because this is one of the greatest examples of international cooperation. Ever. And then Olympics, yes. World Cup, and then Olympics. And the Olympics. Oh my yeah. goodness. Across <laughs> all those sports, all those countries, all those peoples with, with yeah. the love for their sport. Yeah. For the World Cup, we're just saying, okay, this is great for all the football fans. But you know what? There are taekwondo fans that yeah. two years later are going to go, Fencing. it's coming to the United States. It's yeah. Oh my goodness. That's, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Definitely. Get everyone to embrace that feeling. Right on. I had a question for you because you've coached at all these different levels. Yes. Right. I'm curious if there's a common, a common teaching or something that you've brought to every team that you've coached that has never changed, whether at the pro level and a U6 girls level. Like, what is one thing that has always been part of your teaching your regiment, everything uh, when you're coaching your teams? That this is never a question I've been asked before, but the answer came as quickly as the question did. Never forgetting that even though someone is a member of a team, that they, boy, girl, man, woman, are an individual. And if you forget that, and they merely become part of that bigger group, but not an important part where you forget who they are, what their likes and dislikes are, what type of person they are and what they want to be. If you forget the individual, that's it for me. That every team is made up of the individuals and it's your responsibility as the coach to make sure that you always, always appreciate them as individuals. I love that. That's a great answer. Yeah, gonna let that answer ring <laughs> for a second for everybody. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up with this or that. These are going to be eight rapid-fire questions. Okay. Ready to rapid-fire Here we fire go. Pace. Okay. Lean and in. we need rapid-fire answers. No thinking whatsoever. <laughs> no thinking. Okay. okay. All right. You ready to go? Uh -huh. yep. Here we go. All right, go right first one. Soup or nachos? Oh, soup. Couch or recliner? Oh, recliner. Cups in the cupboard. Are you putting them away right side up or upside down? I love this. I'm putting them up <laughs> right side up. Right. <laughs> uh, GIF or JIF? How is it pronounced? 
Oh, oh, gif. Gif. All right. What's the best halftime snack? Orange slices or Capri Sun? Oh, orange slices. Yeah, you got it. It's a staple. Would you prefer to have a direct kick or a corner kick? Corner. Penalty kick. Score or do you want to save one for the win? Oh, score. Score, baby. You got to score. All right. Let's imagine LeBron James did not go for basketball, but went for soccer at a young age. Yes. Where are you placing him on the field? I'm placing him up front. Ooh, Striker. Up front. That's a new one. We've got like keeper. We've got uh, midfield. midfield. Yeah, and, and, and I, I definitely paused on that one. Uh-huh. I know, I, I know. Yeah. But what a great question. Yeah. Can you imagine? I think LeBron I just James send him out for the coin toss and say, if you guys don't give us the ball, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to sub him in. You know. Heads or tails? We'll take the ball. That's a, <laughs> no, but that's not. We'll, t- take we'll take the ball. That's a great <laughs> question. Yeah, up front. There's your I'm conversation starter all night now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can ask me that. Good one. Yeah. The, the, I mean, honestly, he, he, he'd do well he'd anywhere. He'd do well anywhere, yeah. really. LeBron, I'm sure you're listening. Yeah, I'm you, sure you are. play soccer. He's one of our dear one listeners. One of our dear listeners. All right, Joe. Well, thank you, thank you so you much. You're very welcome. Uh, awesome. Love this it. was a blast. Love thank it. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey listener, what's better than great audio? Great audio with pictures. Truly revolutionary, we know. Grab a movie ticket on Fandango and give your eyes a little treat. Find times, read reviews, and buy tickets to your favorite theater. Fast and easy on the Fandango app or Fandango.com. The latest releases, the laughs, the feels. It's a full body experience. That's Fandango, your one-stop shop before showtime. Buy your movie ticket now on the Fandango app or Fandango.com. Oh, man. I mean, I'm so happy we get to just release these little bite-sized conversations uh, out to our listeners. We hope that you enjoy them, too, because I know we've had such amazing conversations, and it's just they're too good just to keep under a lid. This has been another episode of For the Love of Sport, brought to you by Sports Engine, the home of you sports. As always, feel free to send an email out to us at ftlospod, that's For the Love of Sport pod, at NBCUni.com. We'd love to hear from you, dear listener. Don't shy away from asking or posing a question to us because if we don't know, the odds are that the guest that's on absolutely will. For the Love of Sport is brought to you by Sports Engine. Like I said, the home of you sports. Hosts are the amazing, wonderful, witty, guitar playing, Whoa. Simon McKenzie. Oh, hey. Whoa. <laughs> He's got guitars band him. That's why I said that. And uh, me, Marie Fitzgerald. Our marketing guru is Kelsey Irwin. Our captain of content marketing is Rob Badeau. A new addition, special shout out, our intelligent intern, oh, Joe Brzonic, is getting in on the, the old podcast. And our exceptional sound engineer is Troy Stone. We will be back very shortly with a new episode. Bye. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. 
Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting at Preventive. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.